Okay, continuing this fascinating discussion, chapter two. We talked about three items in creation. There's the tangible world, the world that we can sense with our five senses. Then there's the world of spiritual properties, the unique nature of each item, which is coming from a higher, more internal world, which impresses and stamps its nature onto the tangible world, which is otherwise a world that's very diffuse. It's pure stuff, and pure stuff separates and sequesters off into different items based on the unique nature of that item, which is being impressed into the stuff of the world. And then the third world, the most internal world, the world that corresponds to the head, is the reason, the deep reason, why each item should have its particular characteristic. And the deepest reason is that the that interlocks all the other reasons is that each item has its own particular nature and behaves the way it does throughout the 6,000 years of creation and is born precisely when it's born and has to go through precisely what it has to go through. All the reasons are interlocked and interrelated with all the other reasons and they're all connected to one great reason is that they all behave this way together because this is how Hashem chose them to reveal himself through them in the interlocking reasons and behaviors of them all that somehow that i was born in 1987 and he was born in 1200 and she was born in 2000 and i went through this and they went through that and every object and the reason for every behavior every object all those reasons are interrelating and they're all based on one great reason which is that hashem chose all these processes to reveal himself specifically through these processes for a deep mysterious reason that he chose which and we're only going to know why it had to be this way at the end of the process and knowing that is our great reward anyway ba'adam Okay, this is something, though. We're talking about the fourth item. Again, there's one, two, three, one tangible, two unique spiritual characteristics, three, the deep reasons for those characteristics, that's feet, torso, head, so to speak. But then there's a fourth concept, which is called the picture, the image, the presentation. That is a fourth concept which takes the three prior properties, the thing's tangibility, its nature, and the reason that it is that way, and sums them up together into a presentation, into a picture. And this presentation, this picture is a fourth concept. This is something that I was actually, thank God, already thinking about before I read it here, which is, it's very interesting. When you look at someone's face, for some deep, mysterious reason, the face is for sure expressing pictorially in representation what that person is like. And you can't explain it. But for some reason, I look the way I look because that's who I am. And this picture of my face with its specific features is really picturing, is a picture of who, is a picture of my soul. And the Zohar says it. In a spiritual place, the souls have a spiritual picture that match the picture of the physical face. Because somehow, somehow, we take it for granted, but somehow it's like, yeah, like, well, I'm not just looking at the person's face. I'm not just looking at two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at my mom. I'm looking at my friend. I'm looking at my spouse. 
I'm looking at them. Are you? I thought you were just looking at a, a mask of flesh. No, I'm not. It, this mask of flesh is for some reason directly showing the essence of the person's soul. It's really, really interesting. It's really interesting. Again, is this flesh on top of a skull on top of some brain material? Or is this somehow a picture of you? And the answer is it's both. But it's really interesting how that could be. Either way, and again, like not just people, but in the animal or the vegetable world, you look at something and just pictorially you say, that looks like a delicious piece of fruit versus, ew, that looks like a rotting fruit. Now, you can say, well, you learned that from experience. You know, when you were one, you didn't know the difference between reaching for a rotting fruit versus reaching for a delicious apple. You didn't know the difference between petting a snake versus petting a, a cute bunny. Maybe, but I think that's not what he's saying. I think he's saying we inherently know through the raw pictorial representation of an item. Oh my gosh, that's a snake. Oh, and some will argue, oh, that's evolution. We say no, it's not evolution. It's because we have a soul and our soul can immediately grasp the essence of something by seeing its pictorial representation. We know as babies, before we even really talk with people, we know that guy's angry and that guy's happy. We know that's a mean-looking person and that's a safe-looking person, usually, unless they're being uh, horrible and tricky. But Right, so for some reason, the soul is able to inherently pick up on the inner spiritual quality of something merely through its pictorial representation. Now, this is really interesting. This idea of the pictorial representation is not an essential existence like the other three. The other three being tangible properties characteristic properties and intellectual reasons for those properties those are essential facets of the world but this fourth concept this pictorial representation it is not its own separate essence it's merely a representation of the other three essences that makes it both at once something that can be very obscuring or something very revealing depending on if a person is stuck in the illusion or can see through the illusion if we understand that the picture of things, the representation of things, is merely a window to expressing the spiritual quality of that thing, then it's a very deep experience because immediately we see how something presents and we say, oh, well, that's good or that's bad. What we get mixed up is where this pictorial representative representational property this pictorial representational property lies to us and something that's actually negative inside looks positive this is where there can be uh, um, the evil inclination this is where the evil inclination creates a confusion where no longer is this window, just a pure window that shows this is good and this is bad. As we said, normally you can tell, oh, that's a scary lion. Oh, oh, that's healthy fruit or that's rotting fruit. Oh, that's a nice person. That's a not nice person. But there's a place where that clear window can get distorted.
Because again, the three prior things, the world of tangible is real in a sense. It's, it's tangible stuff. It's tangible. It's tangible to the five senses. You can touch it, you can see it, etc. The world of the character traits the world of the specific unique traits of each item. This really is, this really is alcoholic beverage, and this is really a non-alcoholic beverage. This is really a nice person, this is really not a nice person. And the, the, those are essences, those are real essences. And then the deep reasons for why this is alcoholic and this is not alcoholic, the reason why it's a mitzvah to eat this food and it's a, a, a sin to eat this food those three things the tangible item its characteristics and the reasons for its characteristics those are real essences no, no but sorry but fascinatingly this fourth concept this fourth concept of the pictorial representation of these three essences, that look at a, a bottle of kosher wine. So again, it's tangible. It tastes a certain way. You know, it's in, it's in a bottle. You can, you can touch it. You can taste it. You can hear the, the sound when you pour it in the glass. It's tangible. It has characteristics. It's, it creates an alcohol effect. It's a mitzvah to drink it during holidays and Shabbos. It's, it's not beer. It's not liquor. It's not soda. It is what it is. It has its own special character. And there's a reason. There's a deep reason we drink wine on Friday night Shabbos. There's a reason we drink four cups of wine on the Passover Seder. And there's a reason that you shouldn't drink too much. And there's a reason why somebody who has alcohol, alcoholism problems absolutely should stay away from it, even though it's a mitzvah. But there's another halacha that, God forbid, an alcoholic should go near it. And he's absolutely exempt from drinking the wine. Okay, those are real essences to the wine. The picture of the wine, the fact that at the end of the day, it looks purple, it tastes like this, it, all these properties present this way through the medium of the tangible, but really a pictorial representation. That pictorial representation is not essential to it, it's just its representation. It's like, it's like in a, an analogy of the computer... So what comes up on the computer screen is just a representation of what's really going on. What's really going on is amazing, amazing computer technology that allows the internet to emerge, that allows people to communicate. And there's real communication happening. But what's going on on the screen when you're texting somebody on your smartphone or whatever, those are just representations. Those are just pictorial representations. They're not essential to the activity. They're, not, they're just a pictorial representation of the tangible activity, the, the characteristics of that activity, the reasonings behind those activities. But, like when a person wears nice clothes, so is it about the clothes or is it about that the nice clothes is presenting that he's feeling in an honorable mood or he's in a mood of honoring the holy Shabbos or the holy holiday. It's just a pictorial representation. Its essence is just 
being expressed through that pictorial representation. The pictorial representation is just a vehicle to express these ess- these three essences. It's not an essence in and of its own. It's merely pictorially representing whatever is being represented. Despite that the pictorial representation is not essential, it's merely a vehicle to reveal the real essences of something. However, through the representation, you know what the essence is. Through the pictorial representation of an apple, it's red, it's round, it fits in my hand, it tastes this way, you know that it's good, you know it's, it's healthy, you know that it's something positive to eat. And when you study Torah, you know that pork, and you look at it, and you say, no, I don't want to put that near my body. I don't want to put bacon anywhere near me. You know it just by looking at it. You can see a person's face, and you say, I want to attach that person. You can see, he's about to say, Chachmat Adam Tayer Panav, the wisdom of a person enlightens his face. You just are attracted to a wise person. You know he's a Rav. You know he's a wise man, because the face itself, somehow, the pictorial representation of the face is representing that this is a good soul. This is a good soul, and I want to attach. Like, you can look at a fruit and you can just tell, I, I can tell, like when you, honestly, like when you look at vegetables, when you look at a salad, a fresh salad, it, like you know it's going to make you feel good. But when you look at some cake, it's not just through experience. And maybe it is, but whatever. The, the picture of it, like you know that this is going to, if you eat too much of this, you're not going to feel good. You can just tell by looking. The, the, the pictorial representation is expressing the essence of that item. He says, you can even tell that this food will have healing properties. You can just see it. Even if no one ever told you, the mere picture of it is communicating to the soul. Now, fascinating, even though, on the one hand, this idea of the image, this idea of the pictorial representation is not really essential to the item, it's merely a display of what is the essential item, However, at the same time, it's only because at the bottom line, it's through the representations that we can sense the differences between items. Because you could have, you can imagine a universe full of essences that are unique from one another. You can imagine a universe full of essences that are different and unique from one another. But if those unique essences were never presented pictorially in an image as unique and different, 
like if you had apples and oranges, but you never had a representation of an apple and a different representation of an orange representing that this is an apple that's different from an orange, if you didn't have that representational force, then you would never know you were in a universe full of different items. Because if you theoretically imagined that you had a world full of different objects and different essences, but they weren't represented differently, like you can hypothetically, philosophically imagine this, you can imagine our whole world with all of its different items, but there was a problem. The, the power of the world to make different things appear pictorially different than other things stopped working today. So you'd have a whole world where over here's a forest and over here's a woods and over here's a, a beach and over here's a mountain and over here's a city and over here is uh, a family and over here is a gang and over here is a king and over here is a pauper. You'd have a whole world full of all its different things, but today the pictorial representation generator stopped working. So you wouldn't be able to see any of the differences. They'd all be there philosophically, hypothetically, but you couldn't tell because the representation power stopped working today. So it's really the representational power that takes essences that are different from one another and allows them to actually express and show that. Okay, now, we're about to say a really fascinating point about all this. Here's an amazing conclusion. Wow. Even though this faculty of visual pictorial representation or ultimate representation to the five senses is on the one hand not essential because it's merely a vehicle to represent the essences of everything that really the essence of an apple is is, that it's a tangible item that has its own unique nature and there's a reason for that unique nature and the fact that it presents pictorially as a red handheld object is merely just to represent its essence. But the representation is only a representation. Yet, we're saying at the same time, it's only via these representations that you'll be able to tell the difference between an apple and an orange and a lion and a person and a house and a mountain and a city, etc. So then, this pictorial image-creating faculty flips around and at the deep root becomes the root of everything being different. This is extremely deep. This is the verse. He he's hints to it. He doesn't really say it yet outright, but that there's a verse in Kohelet. Everything is from dust and everything returns to dust. What he's about to say is that these faculties are lined up with the four elements. Fire, fire, He's lined up with the element of the rational properties, the deep reasons. He's going to give all sorts of reasons why that's, connect, why that's connected to fire. Fire is very spiritual. It's enlightening. It creates light. That's like the power of the mind, and he'll get into that, God willing, next time. Air, he's going to say, represents the traits 
the unique characteristics because air and wind and spirit represents the unique way something moves, spreads out in space and acts. That's air. That's makes this an apple and this an orange and this a mountain is the quality of air. How does it express? How does it move? How does it unfold itself into three-dimensional space? That's air. Versus fire is the intellectual reason why a mountain presents this way and an apple presents this way and an orange presents this way. Water, he's going to say, the element of water is tangibility because water is what makes things grow become alive and exist and stand in their bodies. Everything needs water. Every living thing needs water to be alive. And water really represents, right, because the word rain is geshem, and geshem means gashmut, physicality. Water is very tied to physicality. Water descends down to the bottom. It's what pulls things down, weighs things down, like water, to be tangible. So we have our earth we have, sorry, we have our fire from the top down, our fire, our air, and our water. Earth is this pictorial concept. Earth is where the three elements of fire, air, and water mix together into earth. And earth is just nothing. It's just, it's just the platform. It's just the ground. It's just the basis. It's just the basis. All of the three elements mix together in the earth and make a tree or make a mountain or make a person. So that's the, that quality of the, picture, the pictorial representation. The pictorial representation, it's just a, it's just a representer. It's just a, it's, just a, it's just a power to represent. It's just a power to pictorial represent. So on the one hand, it's the bottom. It's the earth. It's the ground. It just receives from the other elements and, and synthesizes them and presents them in a picture. Here you have an apple. It has an intellectual reason why it's an apple and why it behaves this way and how it interacts with all other apples with other things in the world. That's its fire. It has its air, that it spreads out so big and not any bigger, and that it grows and it takes so long to grow and not any longer. And it has its water. It has its tangibility, that it literally manifests into tangibility. Earth part of the apple is simply that it just pictorially represent, represents. It pictorially appears so that we can say that's an apple and not an orange. That makes earth, the concept of earth, the concept of pictorial representation seem extremely low. On the other hand, though, he just threw in something that's so deep that on the other hand, the verse says everything comes from the earth. Everything comes from the dust. And the rabbis say even the, the orb of the sun Everything comes from the earth, even the orb of the sun. Meaning to say, on the other hand, since at the bottom line, it's only the pictorial representation that allows us to distinguish an orange from an apple from a person and so forth. So on the one hand, the concept of the pictorial representation, the concept of the earth was the lowest because it merely receives from all the other essences and, and represents them. But on the other hand, it's the highest, because at the same time, this concept of the earth is the root of all differences. This is the deep Kabbalistic secret of Keter Malchus, that the Malchus, the feminine vessel, yet shoots up and is really coming from and originating in the Kesser, in the crown, because the ultimate desire point for anything to be is that it should eventually express as different items. The whole ratzon, the whole 
desire for a creation is for those pictorial representations, those bottom line pictorial representations that this should present as a computer and this as a man and this as a woman and this as <coughs> kosher food and this is not kosher food and so on. So even though that's the final output, which makes it the lowest, the dirt, the earth, yet that lowest thing flips and is really rooted in the highest thing, which is that Hashem had a desire that there should be presentations of creations that differ from one another. So since that, it's called Sof the final desired action, which is the presentation of different created items, which is the lowest, the dirt that we trample on, Yet is rooted in in machshavat chila and the first thought, the very first desire that there should be expressions of different creations, meaning that therefore this concept of the way that creations are ultimately distinguishable through their different pictorial representation reaches up to the very root that there should even be the expression of different creations, and that that ratzon, that will, that that creative will that there should even be different creations, it spirals down, it tumbles down, it cascades down, and creates the rational properties, the unique characteristics, and the different tangible manifestations of this object over here and this object over there. Finally resolving where the end is wedged in the beginning to finally produce this is a picture. Different from that picture that's rooted in the highest place, in the upper land, in the upper Eretz, the Eretz Chayfetz. Amen.